Welcome to the Moz Monthly Podcast. Thorough discussion and in-depth information about the news, stories, and trends related to emergency medical services in Michigan. The Moz Monthly Podcast is brought to you by the Michigan Association of Ambulance Services. Here's your host, Moz Executive Director, Angela Madden. And welcome back to the Moz Monthly Podcast. Joining me today is the Director of the Division of EMS and Systems of Care at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, Emily Berquist. Hi, Emily. Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad you're here. And I think we've got a couple of, or one very important thing that we want to cover today on the podcast. It was recently announced that there are workforce EMS specific workforce grant opportunities out there. Where did this funding come from? Well, the funding came from the legislature originally, but I like to give credit to the stakeholder organizations that did a lot of work to get the legislature to appropriate uh, a total of $30 million for grant opportunities specifically to help address the workforce shortages in EMS. So the legislature is who appropriated it, but the stakeholders are who earned it. How's that? Well, that was awfully nice of you. Thank you. And and you're... <laughs> And you're right. Um, Moz, along with other stakeholders on the EMSEC, did work in conjunction with one another um, extremely hard to have somebody dedicated uh, to helping end our, our staffing crisis here in EMS and in our state. Emily, you touched on it briefly, but what is the specific purpose of these grants? So the specific purpose of the grant funding is to help address the workforce shortages in EMS. Uh, we know that there really isn't an area of the state of Michigan, or maybe even the country, that is feeling 100% fully staffed. We know that agencies are struggling to both recruit and retain staff. And I think the funding broadly is intended to address those issues in a few different ways. Uh, there are There's some specific language in the boilerplate, but it is generally pretty broad. It's to address the critical shortages and to get people working for EMS agencies in Michigan. That's excellent news for our state. You mentioned $30 million as the total amount appropriated by the legislature, but how much can a, an applicant apply for with this round of grant funding? In this specific round, we have earmarked $9 million total. Um, the grant funding is capped at $350,000 per applicant. Um, the minimum amount to apply for is $75,000 per applicant, um, and this will be the first of, I think, probably several opportunities. Those are all still in the works, but this particular opportunity is just the beginnings of the funding, and hopefully we'll see lots of folks getting um, up to that maximum of $350,000. Fabulous. Who is eligible to apply for these grants? So it is uh, licensed EMS agencies in the state of Michigan. It is uh, initial paramedic education program sponsors or those who are trying to become initial paramedic education program sponsors. And then the last part is the or a fiduciary applying on their behalf. I That one is thrown in there kind of because we know that there are some smaller agencies who maybe don't have a lot of financial capabilities and um, grant writers fill in the blank. And so we wanted to make sure that we were open to having people write on behalf of, you know, one of the affected either education programs or licensed agencies. So you've kind of already answered my next question and what exactly is a fiduciary? As I was reading the RFP document, that question did come up. So it is 
someone who can apply for grant dollars on behalf of an agency, an initial paramedic education program, or so, or someone applying to become an initial education paramedic program. Do I have yeah. that correct? Yep, that's correct. So I'm trying to think of like someone completely unrelated to the incident. So I'm not, you know, being biased or anything, but let's say, for example, like um, the Michigan Primary Care Association has a small rural health center who wants to apply for a large grant and they're, but they don't have the financial team to be able to apply for that or handle that amount of money. Um, you know, that larger organization could partner with them to apply on their behalf. So that's a not EMS related example, uh, but it could be anything kind of in that arena. We know that some of the smaller rural specific agencies don't have, you know, a finance person. Sometimes it's just eight paramedics, two EMTs, and 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 someone who's someone's wife who's doing the secretary work. So we wanted to be thoughtful about having that opportunity for them to work with someone else who could help. That would be potentially a game changer for some smaller agencies in our more rural communities in our state. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Right, right. What do you see as some potential uses, or what does the RFP document outline as some potential uses for these grant dollars? So there are kind of, I'm going to call it like three main buckets uh, or thoughts on this. One is on salary, trying to make these agencies for a while, from what we understand, have been paying folks to go to school. So in essence, hiring people and paying for like they're an actual hourly rate to go to school. So we have put some money in there that's based on a $15 per hour rate for um, agencies to play, pay their employees to go to school. Um, that's one bucket of money. One bucket of money is primarily just related into just traditional, I, I say, scholarships slash grants for people to go to school to cover tuition and fees. So we know that you know tuition is one part of what it costs to go to paramedic school, but there are also books and uniforms and fill in the blank things. So there's a bucket of money kind of just to sponsor a person to go to school. And then the last one is the one that's a little bit, I think, more difficult for folks to grasp, but it's the increase in capacity to reach more students, to increase accessibility to paramedic programs in the state of Michigan. So that could be either through um, a current program sponsor expanding their reach, or it could be um, for let's say someone who's already an EMT program wants to become a paramedic program and they need some assistance to kind of do that startup work, that would also be, but those ones are going to be a little bit more challenging to write to because there needs to be some specifics around, you know, how are you reaching beyond what's currently available? So um, it won't allow for someone to say, pop up a paramedic program immediately next door to one that already exists. Um, But it does allow for folks to, you know, think outside of the box and come up with different ways to reach people who don't have access to programs right now. That's hugely helpful. The the one thing I didn't hear you say is if I'm an existing EMT and I want to advance my license, does this opportunity afford me that possibility? So the answer to that question is yes, but they can't apply directly. So if you are an EMT sitting out there in the universe and you're looking to advance your license level, you should be talking to your local agencies and programs. Um, just This is just being completely honest. The department does not have the capability to um, administer scholarships at the individual level. It's, it's a pretty complicated process. So we're hoping that this will bring in folks kind of working together to get these students through school, whether it's through an agency or through a program, there should be 
a lot of opportunities for students to be able to get this assistance to get through school. What if I'm new to the industry and EMS is something I am completely interested in? Can I can I use these grant dollars or uh, can an agency apply for grant dollars to assist me in my initial education training, even as an EMT? Not in this current round of funding. This current round of funding is specifically related to paramedic programming. I'm hoping that in the future rounds, we'll be able to establish some funding to you know, start people in EMT. We know that we can't make paramedics without people being already EMTs. But what I will say is that if you are a person who wants to be an EMT, you should also reach out to your local EMS agency because even without grant funding, uh, most of them will find a way to figure out how to help you get through that program until we get this grant funding kind of expanded out past paramedic. Just a couple of further questions for you, Emily, today. There are some very specific deadlines outlined in the RFP document. Can you potentially run through those quickly so that we can call them out? The first one, I I believe, is tomorrow. tomorrow. Right, Right. yes. (laughs) December 7th, and that's the FAQ um, questions. I I will say that the grants, it's the Bureau of Grants and Purchasing that is helping with this particular project. They, They will be, I think, will be a little bit hopeful to, we will keep updating as best as we can past that point in time. But yes, all questions should be in before tomorrow so that we can get them all answered in a timely fashion because they are due, like, and when we say applications are due, it's very serious. The They're very serious about it. It's December 21st at 3 p.m. It is no later than that. Um, we want to make sure that those questions get answered and posted in a timely fashion so folks can have answers. So that is tomorrow is the quote unquote question and answer um, closing date. Yeah, and that's a very important date. So I'm I'm glad you called that out. The next kind of important date, it is important. You said this is the, and I don't remember what you said, the, the Bureau's name is that runs the software, the eGrams system software at MDHHS. But after December 7th, after tomorrow, an agency and or an applicant has to be registered in that eGram system no later than December 14th. I I assume that's to ensure that the eGram staff has the opportunity to work through the application, your application process, your profile to ensure that everything has been updated properly before uh, your application to the specific grant is is filed. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, we don't really want people to be stuck on the last day. You know, we're trying to kind of pace these deadlines out so that we're not someone's not stuck on the last day, not able to apply because we waited until the very end and they can't become a Sigma vendor, for example. Because in essence, you have to be able to apply for money, but you also have to be able to receive that money from um, from the state of Michigan, in essence. And so if you don't have those pieces kind of established and in place, you want um, you want to be sure that those things are set up. So that's that December um 14th is that you need to have your stuff in and then the eGrams team will make sure that everything is taken care of for getting your access and having that application. The application is, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward, but it is not two questions. (laughs) So we want to make sure that folks aren't just kind of throwing a Hail Mary pass at the very end of the, at the thing. So starting um, the 14th will be when everybody will be kind of, I'm going to say hemmed into those are the people who will be able to submit an application. So I think after the application deadline, the next most important question is when will we know if we have won a grant award? 
So that is January 9th. So it this is it's kind of a, a wild time frame. So this the grants will close December 21st at 3 p.m. I'm going to say that like five times just because <laughs> it's a very important deadline. So those will close. What will happen is the Bureau of Grants and Purchasing will uh, kind of pass out the applications to our grant reviews teams and everyone will spend literally their Christmas holiday <laughs> um, grading people's grant applications. Then we will come together as a group the first week of January there and score the grants together. So kind of like remediate everyone to a single score. And then we will send out those notifications of award. Um, some of them will come out with like, just congratulations here. You know, you're going to have this money. Some will be asking for say revisions or, you know, clarification questions or whatever, that will be January 9th. And then once those go out, the applicants have five days to provide those. So let's say, for example, your application looks really great, but you didn't turn in a budget for whatever reason, you know, you have five days to get us the budget so that we can uh, make sure that that is sent out. And then the firm date is January 16th. Everyone will know what they're getting and all that jazz with the hopes of being able to deploy that funding on February 1st. Well, that's a very ambitious timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have been calling in favors from all over the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to make sure that we have a good group of folks. And I think I'm up to like 30 folks that are going to volunteer some time over the holidays to make sure that these grants get reviewed in a timely fashion. So I'm going to owe a lot of favors after this. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. It absolutely sounds like it. So I think after this, where can um, any of our listeners go to find out more information about how to access the eGrams portal and how to apply for the grant or even get a copy of the RFP? So the easiest way for me to tell folks to go is to go to our website, michigan.gov EMS. And if you write in the beginning introduction there, we have put a link to our grants page and it has all of the links out to eGrams. It has a link to all of that information. Um, the eGrams one is maybe not the easiest one for me to say on a podcast, the link, but that link is there off of our website. So you can go there. You can get the RFP. Actually, the webinar that we did is now recorded and up there available for folks to be able to um, listen to and or watch. So um, our presentation that we did is there, as well as the current version of the Frequently Asked Questions is now also available. So, and we'll keep updating that like from the EMS office side. So we have to update it and then send it to the eGrams team. And then, you know, their timeline is different than ours, but I would, you know, stick with that michigan.gov slash EMS website and then click right in that introductory paragraph. There's a link to the grants page and it will take you right to where you need to find the information. Emily, thank you so much for sharing just a few minutes out of your really busy day today to help walk our listeners through this grant application, the process, and some possible usage, uses for the money. Is there anything else that I have forgotten to ask you about that you'd like to add? I don't, you know, I'm going to just touch real quickly on, we've gotten a lot of FAQs around infrastructure, and I'm just going to say real quickly that if folks are trying to apply for some sort of infrastructure, someone asked about a simulation room, someone's asked about virtual reality, the broad answer to that is whatever is being asked for from the education side needs to be justifiable to the workforce. So if there is a way for someone to justify that it will increase workforce or increase accessibility to education, then that would be in the funding possible category. But if it is things that are bells and whistles slash program 
helps, then it would be a no. So I can't, each one of those will be evaluated individually, but I wanted to make sure I threw that out there because we I, I didn't anticipate those questions when they came into the box. So I wanted to make sure I touched on that with you today as well. That is um, exceptionally helpful. And you are absolutely right. I'm glad uh, there was probably no way to give the full URL for the grants information. <laughs> I did just go to your website very quickly and find the link directly in the middle right on the top of your uh, michigan.gov slash EMS homepage. So I will copy and paste a link in today's show notes for anybody who would like to go there as well. Emily, thank you again, Division Director for the Bureau of EMS and Systems of Care. It's been an honor and always is having you on the Moss Monthly Podcast. Thanks, Angela. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Moz Monthly Podcast, the go-to source for information about Michigan's EMS system. Be sure to visit miambulance.org slash podcast to join the conversation and access other important information from the Michigan Association of Ambulance Services.